Welcome back to Cohort W. I'm your Season 3 host, CW3 Susie Elbert, and today in Episode 3, we are going to take a break from our standard interview format. We're going to cover a special event and hear from multiple folks within attendance. On February 23rd, 2024, we had the soft opening of the Army Warrant Officer History Museum, which is located at the Holman House in Ozark, Alabama. So we'll hear some observations, some reflections, some insights on the museum. And since we as service members and warrant officers are a continual part of history in the making, we will also hear their hopes for their own legacies as Army warrant officers. And on that topic of preserving teaching and becoming history, I really wanted to bring awareness to someone incredible. CW3 Pete Ray from the Usawak History Department led the way in executing the intent not only from the Usawak Commandant, but also Usawoa and the Warren Officer Historical Foundation. He created much of the layout and was the primary executor of printing articles, printing labels, purchasing paint and tools and balancing on ladders and designing everything. I saw him sand, paint, resand, repaint, spark drill bits, construct easels, run extension cords, rewire lighting, dress mannequins, and, you know, probably to his dismay, vacuum up hundreds, if not thousands of ladybugs that had infiltrated the museum. This museum absolutely would not have been possible without the original ideas man himself, Mr. Hank Haken, who we will hear from later in this episode, but also the dedication and absolute tirelessness of CW3 Pete Ray. Also his Red Hot Chili Peppers playlist and the support of his brilliant, lovely, absolutely hilarious wife, Diane, who I hope has received their family flat screen back after we borrowed it for the opening. This night was full of conversation and an energy that was truly impossible for me to capture on tape. I'm so grateful to have had the chance to speak to multiple generations of warrant officers. There are brand new W1s that were in attendance, folks that currently work at USAWAC, who used to work at USAWAC, who've never taught at USAWAC. There were a ton of aviators, folks from all different MOSs, um, levels of PME, and even former folks from the Air Force, the Marines, the Navy. So it really was just a beautiful collaborative evening. Even though these conversations enriched the event and the evening itself, I couldn't record them all. I did have a chance, however, to capture five interviews of moments with CW4 retired Pete McHugh, CW5 retired Pete Hill, CW3 Mynika Baldwin, CW3 retired Hank Haken, and CW3 Jeff Thompson. So, enough from me. Let's hear from them. I'm Pete McHugh, retired CW4, uh, U.S. Army Aviation. And you are here tonight at the United States Army Warrant Officer History Museum in Ozark, Alabama. Can you tell me how you became involved with this? Um, Well, my son, uh, who works at the 
Warrant Officer Career College, um, told me a few months ago that he was sort of trying to build a, a sort of a place where people could come and learn about warrants. And of course, as a retired warrant, uh, it occurred to me I might have something to contribute to that. And uh, over a period of a month or two, collected some artifacts, uh, which I had told him I had. And um, uh, eventually we agreed that I'd drive them down here and add them to the museum. And so we spent the last couple of days inserting those things, in, you know, into appropriate places. Um, and I got really inspired and excited by what the team that um, was developing the museum, uh, they were really exceptional in pulling together things and expressing the warrant officer story, which is an important story for people to see and hear. Thank you. And I want to point out that CW4 retired Pete McHugh's son is Colonel <laughs> Kevin McHugh, the current commandant of Usawak. So I just want to say yeah. that it turned into a lovely uh, family effort and all of us that were able to come out and help were not only honored to see that, but for all of the cool uh, historical artifacts and warrant officer history you brought with us and, and showed to us. Well, but then I should add to that that uh, you, can't, you can't really understand how proud uh, Kev's mom and I are uh, about, first of all, his success and his career, but also what he's doing to acknowledge warrant officers and their contribution to what the Army has done over the years. Yeah, absolutely. How do you see the museum contributing to a greater understanding and appreciation of both the sacrifices and the achievements of Army warrant officers? I'm not sure warrants think about um, uh, their role as sacrifices, but um, warrants are under... Uh, under understood. I mean, yeah. people don't really know what the Warrant Officer Corps does, uh, who they are, and how much they contribute to the mission. Right. And so having the museum gives the public an opportunity to peek in through a, you know, a, a spy hole and see what warrants have done, what they have contributed, and the heroes that they are. Yeah. Can you tell me your favorite artifact that you saw in the museum or that you brought to the museum? There's a lot of good stuff, but if you had to pick your favorite artifact in there, what would it be? Oh, give me a minute to think about that, mm -hmm. because, I mean, there are a lot of really interesting, um, you know, pieces and mm -hmm. parts of the history of warrants up there. But if I had to pick something that was particularly memorable, um, gosh, uh, I don't know if it's a uniform, uniform item or it's a piece of equipment, a safety equipment, or you know, a piece of weaponry that's up there. There's just so much uh, that expresses what warrants do across, you know, the the bounds of what the army does, both in the battle space and in and in peacetime. What do you hope that your legacy as a warrant officer is? I have no aspirations for a legacy for myself. I think the Corps um, leaves a legacy of service and honor uh, and sacrifice for the Army and the nation. Thank you so much, not only for your time in this interview, but also the last week or so that I have spent uh, constructing the museum with you and all of the stories 
that you told and the D-Day clicker you brought me. And I know that Pete Ray, CW3 Pete Ray, would say the same, that uh, we learned so much history and appreciation of all of, not just the aviation artifacts, but the artifacts that you brought. So thank you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Every warrant officer has um, a multiplicity of tales, uh, (laughs) some true and some far-fetched. So I'm glad I could contribute to that archive. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. CW4 retired Kenneth Pete Hill. And you are currently in the Warren Officer Historical Foundation, is that correct? I'm the current director for the Warren Officer Historical Foundation. I'm also the chairman for the past President's Council, and I am a past national president, past national vice president, and past regional director for the Northeast and Southeast region. Can you share any stories or memories about Warren Officers that have impacted you or your family? The uh, very first warrant officer was CW4 Raymond L. McDaniel, and Mr. Mack was a World War II, Korea, and Vietnam veteran, and he came into the Army as a cook during World War One. found out that he was 16 years old, so they discharged him. Uh, he went back home to Harlan, Kentucky, uh, went, turned 17, had his brother sign his papers and join him. I first met Mr. Mack in 1974. He was our maintenance technician, and he is the sole reason why I chose the path to become a warrant officer. Uh, the knowledge that this man showed and the enthusiasm and the care for the soldiers was unmatched. To this day, I've not met a warrant officer in my field, automotive field, that is more competent and more knowledgeable in the field than he was. And uh, I was very proud of the fact that he took me underneath his wing and very early on, uh, I expressed my desire to become a warrant officer. And in 1976, he looked at me and he says, son, I make warrant officers on Fort Bragg. He said, you put your packet in and you're going to become a warrant officer. Yeah. And I said, well, that's very nice, Mr. Mack, but I've only got two years in the Army. <laughs> and at that point in time, knowing that if, had I been appointed, I was going to go to Germany to a tank unit and they would have... Uh, eating my lunch, so to say. So I decided that I appreciate your support. I asked him to write my letter of recommendation long before letters of recommendations were ever needed uh, because if you, back in the 70s, our packets were about three to four inches thick when we went. Yes, it was direct appointments. So I kept those packets and I kept in contact with him up until his passing and I'm still in contact with his daughter. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you so much for sharing that. What do you hope that your legacy as a warrant officer will be? Well, I, I have been very blessed in my warrant officer journey. Uh, having started out, joined the Army in 1974 uh, with no high school whatsoever. Okay, so I came underneath what was called McNamara's 10,000. Oh so they said, all right, you don't have a high school diploma. We're short on men after the Vietnam War. So we bring you in. Uh, and then... Uh, 1975, I was getting ready to make uh, Spec 4, and my platoon sergeant called me in, section sergeant, and he said, Hill, how in the hell did you join the Army, and that, what are you being, how'd you make 63 Hotel? At that point in time, 63 Hotel was a very hard MOS to get. I said, and what is the 63 Hotel? At that point in time, it was a wheeled vehicle, track vehicle mechanic. Okay. In those days, you had a 63 Bravo, which was a wheeled vehicle mechanic. 63 Charlie was a track vehicle mechanic. 
in the early 70s, right after Vietnam, the Army combined those two and made them a 63 hotel. So it was wheeled vehicle, track vehicle, mechanic. So I said, well, I don't, I know, I can tell you how I joined the Army, McNamara's 10,000. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I became a 63 hotel. That's, the Army said, you're going to be a 63 hotel. Uh, so I got that, uh, started my career at Fort Bragg, very, uh, was trained by the Vietnam veterans, how to be a soldier, how to be a paratrooper. Subsequent assignments, I ended up applying for warrant officer in uh, 1985. Uh, got, went through the warrant officer entry course at Aberdeen Proving Grounds in Maryland. Okay. Got appointed to W1 in 1987. Uh, went throughout a, a, a lot of interesting assignments. And uh, one of, the, one of the, the, the greatest assignments I had was after I retired. And I went to work for an organization called the Army Material Systems Analysis Activity. In that position, I've had the opportunity to not only write when the maintenance management systems went from uh, the DAPAM 738 750 to AR 750-10, mm -hmm. I was a primary author no uh, recruited from the G4 to assist okay. in writing that. Uh, so that was what a wonderful thing. Uh, I, we just published uh, 700-4, which was the, re the supply regulations. That was the last rewrite that I had an opportunity to work on. That's uh, the, when the MRAP came out, they didn't have any repair parts systems for the MRAP. So my team got together and we developed the first repair parts system to sustain the MRAPs over in Afghanistan, Stryker as well. So that, those are tangible things that we were able to do to give back to, the, uh, to the, the soldiers in the field. And subsequently, uh, in 2006, I was inducted into the Ordnance Corps Hall of Fame. Nice. And in 2018, I was inducted to the Eagle Rising Society. Oh, that's wonderful. So I'm, I'm very appreciative of all the support from all the soldiers I've had along my career. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for sharing with us, and thanks for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. I am Chief Warrant Officer 3, Monica Baldwin. And what is your current position at the United States Army Warrant Officer Career College? I currently serve as the Senior Tech Officer for First Warrant Officer Company. How do you see the museum contributing to a greater understanding and appreciation of the sacrifices and achievements of the Army Warrant Officer? I think when it comes to that question, that the answer lies in the question, that people will see the many sacrifices and achievements of the Warrant Officer Corps. I think that because we're so small, people often overlook what it is that we bring to the force. And although we might be small, we are mighty. If you visit the museum, you'll get the opportunity to witness that for yourself. Thank you. And thank you for being here tonight. Ooh, thank you, ma'am. You look amazing. <laughs> thank you. What do you hope that your legacy as an Army Warrant Officer will be? I think that when people see me, or I would hope that when people see me, they see that I'm firm, but I'm fair. I'm hard, but I'm loving at the same time. I want people to see me for who I genuinely am. I don't want them to think, well, she's not authentic. She doesn't care. I want my legacy to be a legacy built on tough love. I can definitely attest that that is <laughs> how you are known here. Thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you, ma'am. 
Ms. Hello, my name is CW3 Jeffrey Thompson. I'm an instructor with the Department of Leadership and Management. Here at USUWAC, yes. Um, so for the last, what, month or so, uh, Jeff and I have been working with Pete Ray, with Pete Hill, with Pete McHugh, all the Petes on constructing the United States Army Warrant Officer History Museum. So can you tell me today, when you saw the museum essentially completed, what was your favorite thing that you saw in the museum? Um, yeah, there was uh, several interesting things. My personal favorite thing was the old set of wings uh, from the Fort Walters flight training uh, from many, many years ago when all the old warrant officers went through and they were candidates for a year before they actually became warrant officers. Very cool. And what was your favorite thing that you brought to the Warrant Officer History Museum? Um, so my favorite thing that I brought was I brought some sand from uh, Normandy, Omaha Beach that we pulled. We were there for the 75th anniversary of D-Day. Uh, my unit was tasked with doing all the rotary wing support, all the flyovers, all the movement of all the VIPs um, for that whole big thing. And that was like two weeks of the most impactful uh, service I had in the Army. Pretty good. And then we went to the beach and I pulled a ton of sand. And so I donated a little bit of it here. What you hope for your legacy to be as a warrant officer, what does that look like? Uh, personal legacy or warrant officers in general? You can respond to either. Um, I mean, my personal legacy, I always tell people I might not be the best pilot, I might not be the best safety officer, I might not be the very best warrant, but uh, I don't want to be known as someone who doesn't know what they're doing. I want to be an expert and I want to be someone that they know will get the job done and they can rely on. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. Yep, thank you. Hi, my name's Hank Haken. Um, I retired as a CW3, and I was an instructor at the college for 18 years as a civilian. How do you believe the contributions of Army warrant officers have shaped military history and operations? And I'm asking you this question knowing that I'm asking someone who taught doctrine, strategy, and history for the last how many years? Uh, a total of 24 <laughs> here. Uh, but Well, 24 in the college, but uh, it, you don't stop teaching just because you're in an instructor position. You still teach while you're in the field, too. Yeah. And so if we look at the heritage and, and how far back with the warrant officer goes, um, we've been instrumental since 1918 mm -hmm. and prior to that even. Um, but we make changes. Uh, I saw a quote the other day, we fix problems that people don't know there even exist. And we just handle things. We take care of business. And, and that was when I was in on active duty, and that's happening today. Um, but we're, we're part of the forefront, the tip of the spear, if you will, when we start looking at technology. And the, the warrant officer um, um, is in all the other branches and, and has not been in the Air Force for decades, but they're bringing them back. So that should tell you something, that the warrant officer has an integral part in, in everything that the military does. Absolutely. And what do you hope that your legacy as an Army warrant officer will be? My legacy. Um, I think some of that we put in place tonight um, with the opening of the Warrant Officer Museum. Um, I found this stuff in a, in a closet me in 2003 and politic to get this in place 
and it's finally come to fruition. Um, I want people, if I'm going to leave a legacy, um, that they are, and we talk about selfless service, and we talk about all those grandiose buzzwords, but um, how can you make the future better? And we do that by doing one-on-one mentorship. And uh, I saw a quote the other day, it said, uh, do something for yourself, and it it ends when you are gone. It's no more. But do something for somebody or something else, it's going to live for infinity. It's, and it's going to go past that. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. And I want to speak on behalf of Mr. Haken, if I can, for a minute as a colleague and a former student of his, since he's been teaching at USAWAC since 1999. And I can say that since 1999, so in the 24 years that he served at USAWAC specifically, You've touched, what, hundreds of thousands of warrant officers' lives and brains? So the last number I looked at at warrant officer candidates, and this has been a couple of years ago, was 65,000. Wow. (laughs) Candidates have come through. And so, um, you know, there's W-5s out there still that are CWABs. Barry Sled is one of them. Jonathan Hulls in Germany. They're both CWABs for uh, brigades. They were my candidates. And um, if you're going to leave a legacy, make it a good one. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time and for all of your years of contributions. Yes, ma'am. As we draw to a close on Episode 3, if you are interested in more information about the Army Warrant Officer History Museum at the Holman House in Ozark, Alabama, please see the information attached to this episode. We will also include a link to an awesome article that was written by USACE that shows pictures from this evening and more information about how USAWAC has um, supported the Holman House and how we have been supported by the city of Ozark, Alabama. If you have any questions or feedback on something that you would like to hear more of this season, please email warrant.officer.history at gmail.com because we do check it and we are listening. And as always, for updates and information, please visit the Warrant Officer Historical Foundation, at warrantofficerhistory.org. So, as we come to a close today, please enjoy the current Warrant Officer Historical Foundation president, CW5 retired Al Kerbing, leading the crowd on Friday night at the museum opening and singing the anthem he wrote, The Eagles Are Rising. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time. We are the eagles that rise to a challenge, defending our freedom since 1918. Quiet professionals advising commanders, keeping our army a well-oiled machine. Chiefs set the standard for others to follow. We lead by example, it's part of our creed. We teach and we mentor the next generation to raise up our banner in thought, word, and deed. Hail to the chiefs, the technical experts. We warrant our actions, it's our guarantee. We're leaders in combat, advisors and trainers. The eagles are rising, hail to the chiefs. Chiefs make the caissons roll on for the army. Though draped in old glory, at times they may be. We manage the systems, supporting our soldiers, preserving our values that never come free. We'll solve the problems and make it look easy. 
Don't ask how we do it, it's sheer mystery. Chiefs have a handshake that just make things happen, a code in our genes that others can't see. Hail to the chiefs, the technical experts. We warrant our actions, it's our guarantee. We're leaders in combat, advisors and trainers. The eagles are rising, hail to the chiefs. Hail to the chiefs, the technical experts. We warrant our actions, it's our guarantee. We're leaders in combat, advisors and trainers. The eagles are rising, hail to the chiefs. The eagles are rising, hail to the chiefs. Nice job, everybody. Nice job.